I'm Tracy. And I'm Lena. And we love Healing Children. In fact, we're the co-owners and founders of Healing Children, LLC. And this is our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing, where we get real about what children need emotionally. And how best to support them. We skip the fluff. And get right to the heart of it. Well, welcome. Well, hey, hi, Herbert. How are you? Good. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what's going on? Nothing. So, okay. Like, how are things with like your friends? Fine. Okay. Oh. Well, how's school going for you? Fine. We did. Okay. <laughs> like, how, how's recess? Fine. <laughs> well, we're doing a podcast and we're going to talk about kids who have suffered from trauma and might have some attachment issues, issues that have know? really significant, like kind of mean, nasty behavior. Oh, I mean, I don't know about attachment, whatever, but Bobby in class is super rude. Oh. What's, what's Bobby doing? Well, like he steals stuff. And, and if someone's holding something cool, they'll just come up and like take it. Wow. And yeah. uh, when we play football, he just throws the ball like at our face. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, so rude. And and then I'm the one that gets in trouble because I'm like, Bobby, don't be a jerk. And then he goes and tells the teacher that I called him a jerk. And then I'm the one that's in trouble. Oh, yeah, that's hard, Herbert. So it sounds like it's hard for you to know how to deal with the situation. With oh, I have no idea. So have you told the teachers that he's doing this? No, I don't want to be a tattletale just like him. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds like it. You might need some help from the adults, maybe. Mm. Okay, I have some thoughts. Why don't we talk about our podcast, and you can listen, and then we can talk about what to do at the end of the podcast. Okay, well, I guess right. I can listen. Yeah, do you want to sit on the other side of the camera over there? So yeah, that seems a, cool. There's a nice seat over there for you. Okay. Okay, well, boy, Herbert's got quite the issue going on, doesn't he? I know. So we're going to talk about that and talk about what is going on. This is our episode three mm-hmm. of the Bumpy Road to Healing podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about attachment, um, kids who might have an attachment concern going on. What does that even mean? We talked mm-hmm. about that a little in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, trauma, survival some of the characteristics and some of that things that that does and how does that influence our development? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those big things that can really impact development and, and the behaviors impact all kinds of things. Again, it's, it's how we see ourselves Mm -hmm. and the world around us. Yeah. And so I know like there's a ton of information coming out about trauma. Like we've been studying this for years and years Mm -hmm. and years. And now all of a sudden it seems like there's all this information coming out about trauma. Yeah. And healing children, we, we really understand what trauma does to kids. Um, And we also have a very firm belief that children and adults can become survivors and thrive in spite of what's happened to them. And so we really think, I think it's really important that we really talk about this and really understand it in a way that doesn't keep people stuck as a victim. Right. And I, and I often hear too much of strategies and information that's shared that keeps our children stuck as victims. Yeah. And that does concern me. And we won't go into all of that. What we're going to go into is, you know, maybe what is attachment? Mm -hmm. You know, what is, you know, 
what, why is it that trauma can really impact our kids? Mm-hmm. And what might you see? What behaviors might you see that kind of indicate that you might have a trauma attachment issue? Yeah, well, and it's, and it's attachment is very important to understand. Uh-huh. It's complex. Mm-hmm. It's a complex issue. Um, but it's important, especially for teachers, because they're with the kids day in and day out. Yeah. And if you're with a kid day in and day out, you actually have mm-hmm. an opportunity for them to attach to you. Mm-hmm. And that can make a huge change and a huge difference. But you need to know how to manage that for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think with trauma, it's really understanding how trauma impacts our self-concept and how we see the world. What I will we'll just use, let's just use divorce for an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say a child's parents go through a divorce and a lot of kids, let me just say this as a, like, as a disclaimer or a caveat, a lot of kids go through divorce and they do great. Yep. So it doesn't mean, oh my gosh, you know, I went through a divorce. Now my kids are gonna be screwed up forever. I don't want people yeah. going down that path that toxic thinking <laughs> path is that the, the stop it if you're going down that path if you're going do down that. that path we have a video on toxic thinking that might <laughs> to help get you, you out of that yeah but it's understanding when kids go through something hard mm-hmm. because they're kids and they don't have all the information mm-hmm. they blame themselves yeah and they also do that because they are developing a conscience mm-hmm. which we have talked about a ton Mm-hmm. And you can watch our toxic thought video to understand that more or our last podcast to understand that more. They are meant to internalize the world around them so that they learn and they grow and they develop. That's yep. part of all of this. Well, let's just use divorce just because it's an easy example. You know, my parents went through a divorce and they were fighting about me a lot. And of course I listened in because kids do that. They, right? they I drop a ears and like, what's mm-hmm. going on? They're listening and they're like, my parents went through a divorce and they went through it because I'm such a problem. And it's because of me Yeah, because my best friend, so-and-so their parents are fine. All the kids in my class, none of their parents are divorced. Mm -hmm. So it must be my fault. It's because of me. Well, once that belief system goes into play, Uh that becomes a trauma. Uh And then I have toxic thinking that reminds me of that belief system. And that kind of sets the path and that can set the path to terrible behavior Mm -hmm. that can set the path to poor self-concept, which can lead into all kinds of stuff in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's understanding that, um, that doesn't always happen. Like there are kids whose parents go through a divorce and they don't think it's their fault at all. Yeah. But it's also understanding that sometimes one event that's traumatic for one person may not be traumatic for another person. Right. And so, Um, But if a child has had, you know, significant trauma early on, Mm -hmm. so they're kind of, they're living in trauma and it started early on, it can actually rewire their brain for survival. Yeah. And so not only do they internalize it, that there's probably something wrong with them, they develop a survival belief, like I got to keep myself safe. Mm -hmm. And so as we've talked about before, that could be, you know, they have the fight the flight, the freeze, the submit. And so like mm-hmm. you might have some kids who are fighters, so they're aggressive and they fight back and they argue and they mm-hmm. they refuse to do what's asked. You mm-hmm. might have the kids who are runners, mm-hmm. who run away from the classroom, who run up and down the street, um, or you have the kids who might freeze mm-hmm. and just kind of stare and don't do anything. And then we also see the kids who just they are kind of these submitters. They'll do everything you ask them to do. They're like overly pleasing overly trying to make people happy. And all of those are survival mechanisms that kids can get into if they have early long-term trauma mm-hmm. that actually impacts some of their personality development. And you can have highly, highly controlling, mm-hmm. highly, mm-hmm. highly controlling behavior. 
mm-hmm. which can sometimes be very difficult to pinpoint. Yes. You know, um, so I think a really good example is when you and I ran that group, we had a group of girls that we were working with and we would, you know, play games and quilts and do all different kinds of things in the group. And the kids helped clean up and it felt, it felt, um, not good as the yeah. adult. It felt irritating. And like, because it was like, they were, it was almost like they were knocking each other over to help. And so it was creating more chaos yes. versus helping. Yeah. And so that's when we realized, oh, this is a control issue. Mm-hmm. So if you have a control issue going on, you might feel that as the adult, like it doesn't it feel, doesn't feel right, but they appear to be helping. So how do I get after them? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we had to figure that out. We did. We finally said, you guys aren't allowed to help. And they're like, what? <laughs> Why aren't we allowed to help? And it's like, cause you're, you're not really helping. You're controlling. And you're controlling the adults, which we should be in control of the group. Because it's going to be safer if we're in charge. And so we, and they needed to experience the feeling of us being in charge and it being okay in order for them to mature and grow. Yeah. Right. And it's a difficult thing for, I think, us to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when we live in a culture that we really want to give kids that, that free will Mm -hmm. to be themselves, um, but we also know they're children. Uh-huh. So they need guidance and direction and boundaries and boundaries. And so it's helping them understand like, look, I control this, the group environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm an adult who will never ask you to do something that will hurt yourself or somebody else. Yes. I'm, and I'm easy to please. Mm-hmm. I'm easy to make happy. I think that's an important component too. And I need to be in charge of the group yeah. because I am older and I have more experience. Yeah. And they need to be in charge of themselves. Right. Um, and they have to experience it. They have to feel it. And for some kids, that is really, really hard. Like we've talked about, if they have adults in their life that have not taken care of them, it's really hard for them to trust other adults. Yeah. And you can't just tell them they have to trust you. They actually have to experience trusting you. Well, maturity, as we've talked about, uh-huh. has to be experienced. Uh-huh. We do not mature by being, told. Be, by being told. <laughs> now, some people who are really conscientious personality types might mature by watching people make a lot of mistakes and kind of go like, okay, I'm not going to do that because that does not look fun. Mm-hmm. They might mature through that, but they still have to go through experiences. Yes. They just might have to go through different experiences to grow right. up. Um, so it's understand that. So when, when you're dealing with an attachment issue, I think that's an important thing for educators to understand mm-hmm. is you know, what does that look like? And we talked about that in the first podcast, that cycle of attachment, mm-hmm. right? That cycle of attachment where the, the baby has a need, the need gets met and they relax and the emotional regulation happens. But for some kids, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. For some kids, they go into a rage, arousal, displeasure, and they're hungry, they're cold. Uh, they need to be played with and loved. And that need is not met. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times, they don't trust the world. No. They don't trust that people are going to keep them safe. And so that, that, that impacts them. It impacts their behavior. And so what we find, I think for in a second, let's go through that list of behavior that they might see. Okay. Um, but what we have found again, and, and, and we told you last time, we're going to keep hitting this. If there are not boundaries around unhealthy behavior, mm-hmm. they're not going to choose a healthy. Well, and they're never going to trust you. And they're never going to trust you. 
if they can, it's, it's, let's say you have a kid who comes from an abusive situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the adults in their life are abusive. If they think they can manipulate you, like you're the healthy adult, you you want what's best for them. You're kind, caring. If they can manipulate you, they will never trust you. No, because if the abuser were to come back right into their life, you would never be able to take care of them because they can control the situation too much. Mm-hmm. And I think emotion is hard for us to understand, but it's also easy for us to understand that as people. Well, if I can manipulate you and this abuser is manipulating me, then you're weaker than I am. Yeah. And that's not good if you're the adult and I'm the kid. No. And so they need to see strong, healthy adults. We're not mean, we're not punitive. No. But we are strong, healthy adults who do not allow poor coping skills, misbehavior. We provide support, we provide encouragement. And we provide accountability and boundaries around that poor behavior. Mm-hmm. So then they can experience that this isn't working for me. So I've got to try a different way. Yes. And if they try healthy ways, they mature and right. they grow. Yes. And so, because I see a lot of adults, they learn about trauma, they feel sorry for the kids, and then they don't have accountability in place. And yes. they'll say, well, if, you know, the kid can't help it. They can't do it. And, and really that message is you don't believe in the kid. Well, the message... 100 mm-hmm. percent and it's like a it's pity yes and who likes to have people pity them no i mean that doesn't feel good that doesn't feel comfortable um people who suffer from other disabilities maybe uh, maybe there's learning issues or physical disabilities don't want people to give them pity either no they want that you to believe in them give them encouragement and support because they need that but also have boundaries around those poor behaviors so that they know you believe that they can do better Mm-hmm. And we've talked to many adults who are survivors of really significant traumas in their early life. And they talk about people who believe in them and have expectations for them. And that is why they have healed. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty offended by some of the things that they hear when people feel sorry for kids who've had trauma. As they should be. Mm-hmm. I think you and I have always believed just because a person has gone through a, a hard mm-hmm. thing in their life in the beginning doesn't mean you don't have a great adult life. Yeah. Doesn't mean that. And you deserve it. You've been through all that horrible stuff as a child. You deserve a great adult life. You might need support and guidance, though, to get there. As they say, the road to healing, it's bumpy. It is very bumpy. It's bumpy, and it's it's not comfortable. And you need need empathy, too. Yes. We've got to talk about that in our healing environment. There is empathy (laughs) as well. And so they need empathy for the horrible things. And and, and they need encouragement as they they run up into hard things. Um, And even some of those hard things are just the discipline. Oh, they hate the discipline 100%. so bad. That's hard on them. And we can do encouragement that, hey, you managed that this time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so they need all those things so that the bumps in their road are things that they can get through. That's exactly You don't want right. them stuck like behind that boulder right there, <laughs> that boulder right there. You don't and want them stuck behind that. And stay there. You want that accountability so they can go around it or over it. Right. And then that's where the maturity is. That's where the maturity comes in. So maybe let's go through some of the behaviors. If you Mm -hmm. see some of these behaviors, you might be looking at a much deeper issue and you might need more help. As an educator. As an educator. Or as a parent. Or as a parent. Because it's hard to manage this on your own. And there is a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. On it too. So, So if you see somebody who really has an inability to give and receive affection, um, very withdrawn, or very resistant to any type of physical touch. So a lot of times as educators and teachers, you know, physical touch is bonding, it's mm-hmm. healing, and it is really important. It needs to be appropriate physical touch, but pats on the shoulders, 
um, kind of that squeeze, like you're okay. Mm -hmm. And some of you'll have some kids who cannot stand that yeah, and reject it. Um, and there might be really good reasons for that. And it's good to understand it and respect it, but also know that might be a sign of deeper things mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, you can have those kids who are superficially attractive and friendly with everybody and just provide indiscriminate affection. Yeah. So they don't even know you, but they're hugging you. They're sitting on your lap. They're incredibly charming and overly friendly where most kids kind of have it. They have different levels of extroversion and, mm -hmm. and friendliness. But most kids have a little bit of warm up time checking mm -hmm. you out. Like, are you safe? Are you not safe? Yeah. And that slow give and take that true relationships are built on. Yes. Versus kids who are just overly like, you're my best friend the first day I meet you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, self-destructive behavior and self-injury is an indicator of um, deep concerns. So the cutting and those kind of things that kids mm -hmm. are doing, extreme cruelty to others and aggression. This isn't just your typical, like, we're trying to figure out how to get along. Maybe we're fighting, maybe we're punching a little bit. And then we learn from the boundaries. This is kids who truly um, are cruel mm -hmm. and kind of purposely cruel mm -hmm. and know what they're doing. Um, like we've talked about multiple times, there's that lack of trust of others because people haven't taken kid care of me. So I don't really trust others. And that does guide your behavior. Extreme control problems, they have to control everything. And that's a survival mechanism. If I can control my world, maybe I can keep myself safe. Mm -hmm. um, lack of long-term childhood friends, they may really struggle to keep friends. So they might have a friend and then that friend doesn't want to be their friend because maybe they're cruel or unkind. Yeah. Um, abnormalities, abnormalities in eye contact. Um, oftentimes these kids, they might have really good eye contact where they're lying. They can look at you straight in the face and, and lie to you. But yet when they're being vulnerable or honest, that's when you're more likely to see really difficulty with giving eye contact. Mm -hmm. So kind of the opposite of typical kids. Yeah. Um, a huge preoccupation with like darkness and blood and fire and gore. And that's very different than the typical, you know, typical boys drawing soldiers or, yeah. You know, those kind of things. This is like a really big preoccupation and their drawings are often very disturbing. Yeah. Um, excess lie, excessive lying. Um, this is lying even if you caught them. Okay. Maybe they're on camera and they're still going to deny it. Or they lie to you about things that really don't matter, telling you that they've been places or done things. And I even see in group, I have a couple of kids. Every time somebody shares they've done something, they're like, oh, I was there. I saw you too. Every single time. <laughs> You're like, hmm. Don't know if that's Seems true. Seems a little unlikely to yes. be every time. Yeah. Um, you might have constant chattering and questions. And sometimes that is to control the environment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is just to kind of not allow them to sit and think and be within themselves because maybe the hurt and pain is so deep. If I have to sit quietly, I feel all this hurt and pain. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to talk constantly. So I yeah. never have to feel it. Yeah. Um, they may have language development issues just because of early history. Maybe they didn't get that language development time. Mm -hmm. that they needed um, unhealthy, unhealthy sexual behavior, a mm -hmm. lot of sexualized behavior, stealing, hoarding, gorging on food, trying to fill themselves up, trying to make themselves better, feel better. Yeah. Substance abuse. Um, also altered cause and effect thinking. If you think about that first cycle of life, I learned that if I cried, nobody comes and helps me mm. and I don't feel better. Yeah. So maybe an infant stops crying altogether. Or I've learned that if I trust this adult, they might hit me. Mm -hmm. And so they learn not to trust. Um, and hypervigilance and high arousal. So they're very aware of their environment. 
They often look ADHD. Um, they're often looking around all the time to see what's going on. And part of that, again, is a survival skill. I've learned to read other people, read the sounds, read what's going on. So I know if I need to get to a safe place. Yeah. And so a lot of these kids will look ADHD when it might be hypervigilance. Yeah. And I can often tell when I walk into a room, kids who feel safe, oftentimes keep working. Every yeah. once in a while you have a kids quickly look at you and then keep working. Mm -hmm. These kids will turn and stare at you and stare you down. And even sometimes the point of getting out of their seat and asking you who you are and what you're doing. Oh, wow. Because they just want to make sure. They want to make safe. sure they're safe. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what we find with these kids, if you are seeing some of these characteristics and you also know of their history is pretty significant. Yes. Um, these kids might need a significant amount of structure and boundaries and support more so than your other kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. We talked about the house, um, the healing environment. We talked about what that looks like for typical kids. Mm -hmm. um, kids with significant behavioral issues that we talked about. Those boundaries are going to be looking a lot different. Yes. But how to do that is tough. Because mm -hmm. what if you have a kid who's chronically stealing? Uh -huh. chronically throw on desks and chairs. What do you do? Chronically about a problem with their peers. Mm -hmm. You can take our class and find out. I know. So if you want to learn more, again, mm -hmm. we have online trainings um, on our Teachable account. We have the full, you know, we have two full day classes where you can get college credit, mm -hmm. but we do have one that's just specifically on why are we seeing more misbehavior in the classroom? Yes. And it goes over this part plus other causes as well. We do have a toxic thought video that is free to watch on our YouTube channel. Um, we have our book, Healing mm -hmm. Discipline, um, mm -hmm. Bringing Hope to Shattered Lives. We also have a book called Raising Babies. Okay. That really is about babies who are taken care of and, and babies who are not taken care of. And it's, we use animals. So those discussions can happen with kids yes. who maybe have had severe trauma. Um, and we also have a book called My Name is Bailey. Um, that it really is about, um, it's about a monkey who was adopted mm -hmm. and the feelings and the beliefs that monkey has that guides the behavior. Mm -hmm. And it also allows for discussion as well. And so those are things that are available to you. So all kinds of ways to get some support. And so next time we're going to talk about resilience. That's a very, very important conversation, especially after this, because there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. And I, and I think it's, it's knowing like, gosh, you know, I, I have a history like that, mm -hmm. you know, we work with, a lot, work with a lot of educators and adults who've been through really hard things Thanks. yes, and who are doing great things as adults. So I never want people to walk away feeling like, oh, you know, this is so much like there's, and it's yeah. so depressing, but no, there is so much hope and there is so much that we're learning about how survival. And we've seen it as educators, mm -hmm. you know, we, we worked, we had the Excel program at our school. Lena and I worked together for 10 years at the same school. And a lot of those kids had very significant trauma histories. Uh -huh. And some of the things that are in our class, a lot of the things that are in our class is how we developed what we developed, um, worked really well with those. Kids. And we saw huge change, mm -hmm. huge change. And many of those kids are doing really well now. I know because they're adults now. So mm -hmm. we get to find out how they're doing. And a lot of them are doing great. Yep. So Herbert, what did you think about that? Dudes, I learned like a ton. I think Bobby needs help. I, I think he does too. So what do you think you could do to help him? Well, I mean, I don't want to be a tattletale, but mm -hmm. if I'm helping him, it's like I could tell the teacher now mm -hmm. to get him some help. 
Yeah. So maybe if the teacher knows all the behaviors he's doing, mm-hmm. maybe then the school can start some plans for Bobby to help him learn. Yeah. Or maybe get him some extra counseling help or something. And, you know, maybe I can work harder to be his friend, knowing that he's got other stuff going on. And and especially if he's going to get help and like he's, you know, like doing it. Yeah. I could be his friend. Yeah. As long as he's being nicer to you. Yeah. So it's kind of understanding, Herbert, if he's being mean to you, it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. It's oh. okay for you to walk away and it's okay for you to not be friends too. Okay. Like sometimes kids um, feel like they have to do that. And, and it's, it's, if, if Bobby is being kind and respectful, being friends is great. And, you know, forgiving him for past things is, is good too, mm-hmm. but letting him continually hurt you isn't okay. So it's, yeah. it's kind of that fine line and it's hard to always know that. Yeah, you're right. So teachers can help you with that. So if things are happening with Bobby that are really hurting your feelings, it's very important that you tell your teacher and your parents what's going on. So we can help you and Bobby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's not tattling. It's telling. Telling? Mm-hmm. So like tattling is trying to get someone in trouble. Telling is when it is like you're having a problem that you need help with. Okay. So, so this is telling. I'm going to go tell my teacher that Bobby stole my pencils. Yep. Okay. Because every time Bobby steals, it's not making him be healthier or happier. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's not making him a very good person every time he steals. Yeah. And nobody is going to want to hang out with him if he continues to steal and lie and yeah. be mean. Yeah. He's not going to have friends. We want Bobby to have friends too. So he has to learn to be kind to other people. And he yeah. might need some consequences to learn that. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's hard. It's not easy. All right. Well, is that all you needed me for? Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Thanks <laughs> okay. for joining Bye. us. Bye. <laughs> so if you like what you're hearing and you want to learn more, you can go to our website at www.healingchildrenllc.org. On our website, you can read more about who we are. You can look at our online trainings. You can also look at our blogs on a variety of topics. You can see our most new and up-to-date podcasts. You can also engage with us in a variety of ways, such as liking us or following us on social media. You can even hire us to come in. Or you could email us or call us. Exactly. Make sure that you sign up for our email list so that you can get the latest information about what we have to offer, including live trainings in your area. Yes. So let the healing begin. Thank you for joining our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing. The Bumpy Road to Healing is sponsored by Healing Children, LLC. We are both educators and mental health professionals, which gives us a unique perspective on working with children, both in and out of the school setting, who have severe emotional and behavioral concerns. Our mission is for all children to be emotionally healthy, happy, mature, and responsible. As adults establish healthy relationships and appropriate boundaries, we believe that children are more likely to grow and prosper. When adults understand the impact of trauma, entitlement, disruptive attachment, and child development, including conscious development, 
they can better create healing environments for children. To learn more about us and what we have to offer, go to www.healingchildrenllc.org.